Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church. All right, Freedom Friday at last. Amen. And not only that, getting ready for the weekend. And guess what's happening in the weekend for all the little kids? Christmas time. So they're going to be running all over the place, making a big mess of everything. But guess what? It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to celebrate. So before I forget, Merry Christmas to all of you. Enjoy the time with the family. And don't forget that we're having services at the church on Saturday night and on Sunday. So please come out and, and, and visit with us. Uh, we are in the book of, of Luke uh, 2. Uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this is the day that you have made. I praise you, Father. And I thank you in advance, Father God, for what you're doing, what you have done, and what you're going to continue to do. I pray that you will speak to us through your word. Let it be you and not us. And I thank you for all these things. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, my beautiful Sandra, with the word this morning. Okay, good morning. I am in the NIV version. Uh, We're in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 25. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The the child's father and mother marveled at, at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There were, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. 
When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his, and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. Amen. Wow. 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 You know, this this whole chapter, this small chapter uh, of uh, chapter two. 50, 52 verses on it. It's like a it's like a most like a mini book with, with, with different little stories uh compile, you know, about the Lord and about certain things that was happening. And and the portion for us for today, you know, it starts off with Simeon, you know, with this this man of the Lord that worked in the temple, you know, and, and that this it says that that he was a just man, devoted man. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So he was led by the spirit. He was a good man. And, 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 and this, and this, and this individual, you know, the Lord gave him a promise. He gave him a promise in verse 26. It says that, and it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he sees the Christ. So this was a promise given to him, you know, and guess what? When God gives us a promise, he will make a way for that promise to be fulfilled. He will make a way. Things may look impossible. Things may look like it's not going to happen. But you know what? We have to hold on because look what happens to this individual. Verse uh, 27, he says, so he came by the spirit into the temple. In other words, he was led by the spirit into the temple you know and 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 when and when the parents brought in the child to him you know according to the custom of the law so here you know they're bringing in they're bringing in the child jesus into the temple simeon was led to the temple you know at the same time by the spirit you know and and he also says at the same time you know at the same time these two things was happening jesus coming in and Simeon coming in and out. Now, if you think about it, he was he was in the temple, so he had a set time, he had a schedule because that's why they had a lot of priests. They all took turns, so he wasn't there all the time. So his schedule had to fit <laughs> everything, you know. And 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 who knows when Mary was going to bring in uh, baby Jesus? 
because when when you have a child, you have you have the the woman has to wait for a time of purification. In other words, you know, blood blood was released from her body in in the birth, so she needs to be purified. She needs to to spend so many days, actually about thirty three days away from anything, you know, and she has to remain cleansed and clean before she can even enter the temple, you know. So she has to go through this period, you know, and that's found in Leviticus. 12 2 which talks about this purification not only that they were there to also to fulfill the law you know because jesus followed the law to it you know he they were following the customs at to that time and it says in, in luke uh 223 i see this written in the law every male who opens up their wounds shall be called holy you know it has to be called holy and and they, therefore he has to be presented to the lord so here, the, a couple of things had to happen. The timing was critical. The time was critical because Mary had to go through all her time of cleansing and purification before she can enter the temple. Simeon had to have his schedule set up when Jesus was going to be there. And it's not like you make an appointment, okay? It's not like you're going to make an appointment like you do that for a doctor. But pretty much, Simeon, uh, uh, the Simeon had to be there at a certain time. But he was led by the Spirit. Don't forget, he was led by the spirit. So the Lord had to orchestrate all of these things, all of these things, you know, but in Matthew 19, 26, this is, this is an, an, a good verse that I'm always saying, but Jesus looked at them and said to them with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God makes a way. God makes a way. And it says in verse 28, and he took him in his arms and he blessed him. You know, and, and and he blessed them. This is where the promise is being fulfilled, that he was able to see the Messiah, that he was able to see the Christ. And now in, you are letting your servant, he was saying to the Lord, depart in peace. In other words, I have seen the Messiah, you know, so now I can die in peace. I can die in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. Jesus Christ is the salvation of the world. And that just took me right into John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So the promises were being fulfilled right before this man's eyes. This And, and it goes on and he says in verse 31, which you have prepared before the face of all these people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and to the people. In other words, the law was was he was this this priest was actually prophesizing things that Jesus was going to be accomplishing that he was going to be sharing the word. It's not only just for the Israel, but it's also for the Gentiles because he's putting the name in there of the Gentile revealed to them. God kept his promise to Simeon that he will live to see the Christ, but he also that they will reveal to him as a light, as a light you know, to the Gentiles and Israel. And look what, and then he goes on and it says, and Joseph and Mary marvel at these things that were spoken because they couldn't believe all this beautiful. Now they, they, they knew that he came from God. They they had the, the shepherds that came and visited them. They had the three wise kings that came and visited them. So all of these were just confirmation of who this child is. Yeah, but there was still marvel at the things that were spoken. And Simeon blessed them and said to said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined to 
to for the fall and rising of many. So many will believe on him, and many will turn their backs on him. The ones that believe in him will give him eternal life. The ones that will turn their backs on him, they will condemn. So, you know, that's why when you read the word, sometimes it just, it just gives you a glimmer of what's to come, you know, so because it, so it's going to have the fall or the uplifting of people, you know, and he goes, and he goes even deeper than that. He says, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. How, what does that mean? What does that mean? That the time is going to come that Mary, you know, her soul is going to be, he's going to be at the, at the hurt because of the, the rejection of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ as a, as a parent, as a mother. So he was revealing all these things. And, and Mary had and Mary had to take all that stuff in. And Joseph, you know, so some of this stuff, they, made, they probably didn't understand. They probably didn't understand, you know. But then again, you know, God was sharing with them what's to come, what's to come. So they, he talks about the pain. He talks about what's going to happen, the rejection and everything. But it, it's just not the way that God always does. He always gives us a glimpse what's going on he always wants to to show us the way you know and then from here uh brother Luke, you know he jumps from one one topic right into a different topic so we're talking about jesus we're talking about uh, this this particular at the priest in the temple and how god answered his prayers and 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 the words that this priest uh, says over him and the promises that he blessed them is important that we bless our children. I wanted to make sure I don't forget that. It's so important that we bless our children. It is something that we do in the church, you know, when we bring them to the church and we present them before the Lord. But, you know, but as parents, we need to be to be blessing our children. And I remember I bless all my children, all my children. And sometimes they may not even realize it, but when they were little, I spent time with them. And I always found a window that I can go by and I always lifted them up and present them to the Lord. You know, I remember doing it or doing it to my grandchildren, Isaiah, you know, Isaiah, you know, at the, I did it when he was born, when I broke my toe because I was running through the house and hit my toe and he was just a little infant, but I brought him to a window and I raised him up and I, as his granddad, and I didn't share this with nobody at the time. I would just do it. I just did it, and I raised him up, and I and I blessed him. And when my little little Alexandra, you know, I did it in the, my living room one morning. I got up, and and I, and I said to myself, "It's time." And I raised her up before the Lord, you know, because we want to bless our children. I know that's off topic. But, you know, it's called just the blessing upon our family, the blessing upon our children, because it's for their generation and the generations that are going to come out of it. So now, so now, uh, again, now he, he moves on, Luke moves on and talks about a woman, you know, but he gives a lot of details about this woman. So that makes this woman special, because normally it would just say woman, but in, in this particular in three verses, it printed out her whole life. You know, it starts off, it starts off that there was a, a woman named Anna, that she was a prophetess, you know, the daughter of a female of the tribe of Asher. So it's giving you all these details, you know, details. She was of great age, emphasis of great age, you know, and what she was old. Okay, she was old. She was old, you know, and, and had lived with her husband 
seven years from her virginity. So in other words, you know, this woman, this woman, she at the she was married at one time. She was married for him for seven years, you know, and uh, and then in verse 37 says, and now this woman was a widower for about 84 years, you know, at that she at that she was a widow and did not depart from the temple. So she was constantly in the house of God, constantly doing something in the house of the Lord. Like I, many of our grandparents, once upon a time, I remember my grandma and always praying, always praying. My old my titis, you know, they were always they were always praying. They were always lifting up the family. This is old school, you know, old school, you know. And they were and they and she spent that time in the temple. And, and serve God with fasting and prayer day and night. So look at all the details of this individual, you know. And so this woman was a woman of God. You know, she she was she was married young, you know, because he said she was married to, she was married, uh, to him. And, and, of course, they don't consider adults, you know, like a boy. He's considered a male when he reaches 13, uh, an adult, you know. So I'm sure that if she got married when she was 13 or 14, because that's the way the customs were, you know. She was married for seven years. That would have made her 20 years when her husband died. And she was in the temple for 84. That makes her 104 years young. 104 years young, you know. And then it, say, it says, and coming in, in that instant, in other words, when Jesus was there, when Jesus was being presented, the Lord spoke to her. And she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke about him, Jesus. So she started prophesizing about Jesus in the temple. You know, and all that, and all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she 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 prophesied and she was speaking about the Lord. Speaking about the Lord. So it gives emphasis of this woman. So it tells you. Women are very important. Women are, re- okay, you heard that from me. Women are very important. All right, give me a couple of points. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and then not only that, you know, there are leaders. And she, and she was a prophetess. So she was in the temple. She was prophesied. So she know she had, a, she had a, a following of individuals. And she was there day and night praying and fasting. So I'm low. I know that she was giving word out. And I know that God was with her because he says, that she was with the Lord, you know, and she was a woman of prayer and fasting. And then she was prophesying over the Lord. In other words, making known who this Jesus was, you know, he was a savior of the world and she was prophesying. So here we go alone. And, and it says, and now it jumps back into, back into Jesus, you know, in verse 39, you know, and it says, so when they have performed all these things, according to the law, they, they went out and, and returned to Galilee, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. So the child was growing, okay? So it says there, so here he was born, here he was presented, here he went through the blessings of, uh, in the house of God, and the child grew in wisdom, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So from this point forward, it's like a lapse of about... 12 years that nothing is said about Jesus at that particular time. Nothing is said about Jesus. So, so it's like a void. So, you know, so things has happened, you know, but now, now, and now he jumps into another portion 
I believe, I believe, which who many also believe that that Luke must have spent time with Mary, and Mary had a lot of details from the past, and and that's why he has a lot of details of these stories in his particular book, you know. And it says there, and it, and it goes right into verse forty-one. And the parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. So this was their custom. This is what they did, you know. They went to celebrate Passover, and this is something that they did year after year and it says in verse 42 and when he was 12 years old they went up to jerusalem according to the custom again according to the custom you know and when they and so they will normally do this it's been a routine jesus knows what to do you know he's been doing it all his life for his parents but guess what happens in verse 43 when they have finished the days when the the, the celebration was over and they were returning you know when they finished the days and they returned the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and Mary, his mother, did not know it. They believed that he was probably with some relatives, you know, because um, they, they travel in, in, in groups. It was safer that way to be traveling in big groups. So, and they knew, and they had a lot of friends, they have a lot of acquaintances. So, they, they, they felt like he was probably with them, that he was probably with them. And they have, you know, so they were in their journey. You know, and, and it was their custom, you know, so they was expecting him to be along with them because this never happened before. But this time <laughs> he was not there. So when they and so they they looked for him in the verse 45. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. So they were out there looking for him. And I don't know about you, but I know about me. If I lose one of my kids, I go bonkers. I go bonkers. I remember uh, Jason and Matthew being little and you go to the store with them and one wants to go this way. The other one wants to go that way. And you try to control them and you're looking at something. And all of a sudden you turn your back and they wander off. And it's like your heart just drops to the floor at that particular moment when you don't see them. You don't see them. And guess what? You know, you, your eyes are looking all over the place because you're concerned what happened to my child. So, you know, that's, a, that's not a good feeling. So now, you know, the, the, they're looking for him. They didn't find him. So what they have to do? Now they got to return. We got to go back. We got to find this kid. So they return. It says there in verse 46. So as they went after him, you know, after three days, they found him. In verse 46, they found him after three days. That means one day when they left, they were traveling. And they thought that he was with relatives. When they turn back, that's another day back to Jerusalem. So apparently there was a day that they were looking for him. So for three days, this individual, this individual Christ, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was nowhere to be found, but he was, he was, he was, you know, he was found someplace. He was found in the temple, you know, and, and, um, and it says there in verse 14, and all, and, and, okay, and he said, he said, let me finish in verse 46. And they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of teachers and listening to them and asking questions. So here we have a kid asking questions and sitting and sitting uh, there, you know, and all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and answers, you know. And this is very unusual for a child, a boy child to be welcomed into the group of rabbis. Because rabbis were considered holy. They were considered the men of the law, you know, and they had all this thing. So they, here they're shutting down 
talking to Jesus, having conversation. So Jesus must have been blowing them away. And Jesus, guess what? It doesn't say that he was worried about his parents, even though three days have passed now. Come on. Three days have passed. But he was there, and he was just sucking it all in, getting all that information. He must have been like a, like a, like a computer, getting all that information from all these priests, and then he was sharing with them. And, uh, so he lost track of time for three days. So when they saw him in verse 48, they were amazed. They were amazed, you know, and his mother said to him, okay, so they were amazed. They saw all these things. Well, guess what? After a few seconds, the amazement turns into, where the heck were you? We've been looking for you all over the place, high and low, under this and under that, you know. So at this time, you know, Spanish people, that's Ancleta will come out. You know what I mean? We'll be hitting them with the slippers, you know. Where the heck were you? Three days. Three days. You know, but there, but again, Jesus was out there. He was doing the will of the Father. You know, and, and he said to them, and he said to them in verse 49, why do you seek me? Do you not know that I am about my father's business? But they did not understand. They did not understand. Exactly. Even though by this point, you will figure they will have some understanding of who this child is that they're raising, that he's not only their child, but he was a gift from God, you know, that he they, that his name was given to them to give to him, that, you know, he doesn't really belong to them. The way that he was conceived, you know, he was not conceived by men, by human beings. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But yet, you know, I, I, you know, it's just like a, as a parent, you forget all these different things. That child is your child. That's it. That child becomes your child. And that's how Jesus was. And no matter what, you are my child, you know, and Jesus knew his parents, knew his parents, you know, because he says, he says, you know, in verse 51, and he went and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Very important that he was subject to them, that even though, even though he knew who he was and he was about his father's house, he still have earthly parents that he still had to obey, you know, that he still had to obey, you know. And then and it says there at the end of that, it says, but Mary, his mother, kept all these things in her heart. You know, she kept all these things. She pondered all these things in her heart about Jesus. So there was a lot of things that, that were going through her mind of who this Jesus was. And we all know that Joseph didn't last forever with Jesus because he, he's gone at a certain period of his life. But you know what? Mary pondered all these things, you know, about the Lord, about the Lord. And then and, and verse 53, 52, it says, and Jesus increased with wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. Jesus, you know, he grew, he grew. So there's there are certain times here in the scripture that it does not tell us too much about what happened. Like when he was, you know, from when he was born after a few months to he was 12, not no information is given. Now that he's 12 and he goes back, now we're going to jump and, and forward in years, you know, for for, you know, for him getting ready to be baptized. 
So there's periods of times that nothing is written of him. And perhaps, you know, it's, it's there for a reason we don't understand. I wish I had more details because I'm sure he got in trouble. I'm sure he was a teenager. Come on. He probably was a teenager. He probably went through his time of rebellion. Come on now. He probably went through his time of temptation, even though he was God, even though he was holy. You know, he had to go through all those things because how else can he know what we go through if he hasn't gone through it himself? Because Christ, he was tempted in all things, Scripture says. He was tempted in all things. So throughout his whole life, he went through stuff the same way we go through. He probably went through the peer pressure the way that we go through. He probably had friends, you know, probably John at one time, you know, was a little scoundrel. You know what I mean? He was doing his own thing. At one time, I his him growing up. You never know, you know, but we have to, you know, so we just have to think about these things. But it says that Jesus grew, you know, and increased in wisdom and in stature, you know, because, you know, and Mary, and he was subject to them, that even though he was God, he was still subject to them. And again, you know, look, look, it, it just throws you all these different stories. So here we talked about, we talked about Jesus. We talked about his 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 obedience, first of all, his, his obedience was more to the father, you know, because he was about his father's business. And, uh, and at that moment, he wasn't thinking about Mary. He wasn't thinking about dad looking for him. He wasn't thinking about their heart failure that they were having while they were looking for him, you know, but he was doing the will of the father. But yet when Mary approached him and when Mary spoke to him, he says that he went with her, you know, so he, he removed that halo and said, okay, let me come down a couple of notches. This is mom. This is dad. And let me be obedient. And he went with them, you know, and he obeyed them, you know, and, 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 and he increased. And because of his obedience, even to his earthly parents, he's, he, he grew. He increased in wisdom and in stature. He grew in the Lord and with favor with God. So he was doing the right thing in favor with men because he, he astound people in the wisdom that this child had. And again, this particular chapter, it gives us a whole bunch of different things. He talks about this individual prophecies, you know, and how she had an important role, you know, uh, uh, prophesizing about our Lord and how she was there. But yet again, he talks about how she was dedicated to God you know, and that she was always in the house of the Lord. Many believe that she also probably had an apartment in the temple or an apartment real close by, that she was always every day at the temple because she had no one, but she was pleasing God, you know, so her service was there. And God, you know, revealed these things to her about our Lord and Savior. And then we do, and then we, and we go right into uh, Simeon, how God promised him, you know, God promised him that he would see a Savior. And guess what? How God orchestrated this encounter with his schedule, with Mary going through the steps of purification, and yet it all came together. You know, so that tells me whatever it is that we're going through, whatever situation is that we're facing, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters that God is in control and he will make a way. He will make a way. And again, he will make a way for us and he's doing that because a lot of times we don't see it right away and we want to jump 
defense. We want to go in this direction. We want to go in that direction. Or I got to fix it in this direction. And the Lord is telling us to be still and know that he is God, that he has this. If he promised it, he has this. I don't have to take it from his arms. I don't have to remove it from him. He has this. So it's better for him to carry it. That way I don't have to carry the weight. You know, I don't have to carry the weight myself, but he carries it. So whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever it is that we're going through, and especially this time of the season, which is Christmas, and we all go a little bit crazy at times. Oh, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. Whatever doesn't get done, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Take a deep breath. So I go, oosah. Take it down a couple of notches, you know. Ooh, calm down, you know. You know, climb yourself down from the chandeliers and come down to to earth. It's going to be okay. Why? Because Jesus has control of it. He has it. You don't need to carry it. He has it. And whatever needs you have, just present it to Him. Release it to Him. Give it to Him, and He will take it from you. And He will take something that's impossible and make it possible. That's what he does. And he wants to do something impossible in your life this season. So please keep your focus. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. This Christmas, the best thing that we can do is to be ourselves, is to worship, is to praise God, is to exalt him, is to honor him. Do the best you can. And the rest, let it go. Let it go. Let it go and and allow God. Let it go and allow God to carry it for you. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. And if you have to shed a tear, believe me, I shed many tears in front of you. And when you guys are not watching, got tissues right here. See, I'm ready. I'm ready. But, you know, with God, he makes a way. So please enjoy the season with your family. Enjoy this this season, you know, being with your fellow brothers and sisters. Keep your focus. The best is yet to come. I'm expecting greatness this new year coming. You know, we've we've been going through a storm. We all have been going through different storms of life. But guess what? If you made it for a way for Simeon to see the Lord, you know, if he can orchestrate that timing, if he can do all the stuff, that he has done in scripture, you know, and all those promises, guess what? What we're going through is nothing that he cannot handle. He will take the impossible and make it possible. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you and praise you. I thank you for this hour, for this moment. And I pray blessings upon my brothers and sisters. I pray life, life. I breathe, life into them right now by the Holy Spirit. Fill them. Overflow. Overflow, Father God. Meet their needs, Lord God, according to your riches and glory. Meet their needs, Father, whatever it is, emotionally, physically, financially, family, my Lord, relationship, children, salvation, sickness, pain, whatever it is, Father, you are the healer. You are the restorer. You are the giver of life, Father. And you said in your word that you have come to give life and life in abundance, Father. I pray life in abundance for them. 
and I pray your blessing upon them, their children, their children's children, their family, their marriages. Thank you for this season, Father, that we will not forget the real reason for this season, which is Christ, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, who came, who was born, who was crucified, who resurrected on the third day and sits at the right hand of your of the Father. He's the reason that we celebrate Christmas. I thank you for that. I thank you for our salvation. I thank you for our blessing. Be with them, keep them in guidance throughout this week. And Father, until we see each other again, in Christ Jesus we pray, amen and amen and amen. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed weekend. Don't forget to you know, go to church Saturday. You know, go to church on Sunday. And those in Cumberland County, set up this afternoon. Woo-hoo! Get ready. The best is yet to come. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Love you.